that we're not just going to plan of ourselves, but we're inviting him in. God, please come in, help me with this planning process. I cannot do this by myself. I decrease and you increase in this area of my life. I want to be able to plan effectively the important events in my life. I want to be able to love on my neighbors in a way that only you could be able to give me these amazing ideas to do. Welcome to the Be Encouraged Today podcast. Hi, my name is Amber Davis, a former workaholic who discovered enjoyable productivity so that I could begin to fulfill the plans that God has for me. And I truly want you to fulfill God's plans in your life too. Each Thursday, I will share productivity tips to fulfill God's plans for your life. Myself, along with some guests, will also share real life experiences so that you can be inspired, be productive, be fulfilled, be encouraged today. Have you ever done anything without any direction? You know, you started on a project or you started on a path and you had no direction or you had no idea what you were doing, but you just kept going and you did it in your own strength. Well, my hand's up first. So today I want to share a story with you before we jump into our topic today about how to plan with God. Let me share this funny story with you. Years ago in my 20s, I when I was in college, I had some friends that I worked with that were going on a canoe trip. And I had never been in a canoe and had to steer a canoe in my entire life. I had never been up to that point. I had been camping and I had been tubing, you know, like where you take an inner tube and you float down a river, but I had never been in a canoe where I had to actually steer it and get it to a destination. And so what happened was this trip was pretty crazy because I went on this trip. It was a camping trip. It was an overnight trip. So we arrived at the campsite about five o'clock at night, or maybe I think it was at three because we were pitching our tents and getting everything set up. And so the friends that I was with who were very knowledgeable about canoeing and camping and all the things that come along with that, they decided to put me with somebody that had a lot of experience. So they decided to put me with Jane. And Jane had just come back from the Amazon jungle in South America, where she had went with a college course to go down there and do some research. And she was like in some kind of like biology course or something like that, where they did research, where they took samples from the water and they studied the the wildlife and the plants and all of those kind of things. And so she had lived in the jungle for two weeks. When I heard that I was partnering with Jane, I was like, okay, I got this. I, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm putting my trust in Jane because Jane knows what she's doing. I mean, obviously she came back from the jungle and the Amazon. I mean, this lady has got some skills. She knows what she's doing. So I was excited about that. So they put me with Jane and Jane and I went and pitched our tent and there was about 10 people on this trip. And so here we are, we're pitching our tent. I didn't know what I was doing because I had not been camping since I was like 10 years old. And I didn't pitch a tent when I was 10 years old. I think my dad did it for me. And so here I am with Jane and I'm just relying on her. She's kind of telling me what to do and I'm doing the things and I'm putting the stakes in the way that we need to. And we put it right on this edge by the roadside, I guess. Next to us was this giant tree and she had said, 
that, you know, oh, this will work because the tree will help to stabilize the tent. And so we have this tree and then next to the tree is like a drop off. Imagine like the tree is like growing out of the side of this like little ledge. We pitch the tent, we do all the things that we need to do. And then we hang out, we have a campfire, we eat and we do all these things. And then that night we, okay, we're all going to sleep. So I get in the tent and this is like a two person or I think it's like a four person tent. There's plenty of room in this huge tent that Jane and I had put together. I get in my sleeping bag, go to, go to sleep, sleeping. And then all of a sudden I hear like rain coming in and it's raining and everything. And I was like, okay, this is going to be fine because Jane put this tent together. Well, it starts coming down heavier and heavier and heavier. And all of a sudden I just feel like movement. Like I feel movement underneath me. I can feel these tiny little little balls underneath my back, like rolling around. What is going on? This is the weirdest thing because I'm in a sleeping bag in a tent. How is this happening? And so all of a sudden I start moving and I move and I slide into Jane, who's on the other side of the tent in my sleeping bag. I slide into her. We're like flipping around and then we just flip over and twist up in this whole tent and slide down that little embankment that is holding that tree on the edge of that little cliff. That I mean, it's not a cliff, but it's like maybe like two feet drop, but we slide down into it and then mud just starts coming in to the wrapping that we're all wrapped up in in the tent. We're screaming and trying to get out of the tent. We finally get out. And we're just covered in mud and all of our stuff tent and all of our stuff is just mud pouring down raining. We come out. The other people, their tents are fine. Everybody's tents are up and fine and everything. And I'm like, what has just happened? The rain stopped. Somebody else had heard us like screaming and hollering. They came up. They had got extra sleeping bags. They threw them in the back of a truck and we just went to sleep in the back of the truck after the rain stopped and went to sleep in our muddy mess. I'm thinking as I'm sleeping, I'm just so tired. I'm just so thankful to be somewhere where I can sleep. And then I wake up the next morning and I'm like, what in the world happened? I'm at breakfast and Jane's like, oh, well, you know, this that can happen if the, the ground gets loose because of mud and things. I mean, this was just a fluke thing that happened. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, she is Jane. She knows what she's talking about because she just came back from the jungle. I mean, this is Jane of the jungle. She knows what she's doing. You know, at that point, we're all going on our canoe trip. Now it's time for our canoe trip. And stay with me because this will make sense. We go down to get in the canoes and they give us some instruction and they tell us a couple things, but I'm not really paying attention because I'm thinking, Jane has totally got this. I mean, this lady just came back from the jungle. She knows how to operate a canoe. So we get into the canoe and at the same time that we are launching out into the canoe, this Boy Scout troop is get they're getting their canoes ready. And then I'm looking at the Boy Scout troop and I'm like, well, if they can do it, we can do it. You know, we got this. I got Jane. This is going to be great. So we get in the canoe. We're riding down with the water. And of course, the water is just moving us. So it's moving very slowly on this river and everything is going very smoothly. And I'm like, okay, this is going to be a smooth ride. One of the things that we had talked about the night before while we were eating our campfire dinner before the whole flood and craziness happened with our tents 
was that somebody had said about snakes and they had said when it comes to snakes out when you're camping, you especially do not want to bother any snake that's like a baby snake. If it's a baby water moccasin or if it's a baby copperhead or if it's a baby you know, any kind of poisonous snake, especially, you do not want to bother it because the way that these snakes work with, and I'm not a snake expert, but what this person said was that baby snakes can't control their venom. So when they bite, they put all their venom into the person or the thing or whatever it is that they're biting, and it causes more challenges. And so they're telling me all about the snake stuff. And so I already don't like snakes. This is crazy, but I tried to put this out of my mind until we are in the canoe and we are floating down the river and somebody yells, snake, baby moccasin, let it pass. Jane's paddling and I'm paddling and we're just staying in the same spot. Like we're actually treading water, if you will, in our canoe. And we're just moving like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, just treading water. And the snake is coming at us. The Boy Scouts behind me, they had already gotten in the water in their canoes and they're yelling, snake, snake, pass. And they're just maneuvering their little canoes. Like it's like no big deal. They're using their hands to move them. I mean, it's crazy. I'm like, how are you doing that with your oar? This baby moccasin starts swimming towards us. And as it's swimming towards us, we're still moving back and forth, just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, like we're treading water in our canoe. And this baby moccasin is coming. I'm like, Jane, what are you doing? We've got to move. And she's like, I don't know how to move. How do you not know how to move? You are jungle Jane. You just came back from the jungle. And the baby moccasin hits hits our boat, runs into the boat, to the side of the boat, and it lifts its head up and starts daggering at me, trying to bite me, darting at me like a cobra. Got my oar and I'm whacking the snake with my oar standing up in a canoe, which I know you're not supposed to do, but I was at my wit's end and I'm batting that crazy snake with with my oar and I can hear the Boy Scouts in the distance laughing and laughing and laughing at me. I hear people yelling, just move, just move. And I'm just hitting it. And I think I was standing up for at least 10 minutes hitting the water. And I was well past that water moccasin. I don't know what happened to that snake. But at that point, I realized that I am in a boat with somebody that does not know what they're doing. And I've put my trust in a person that has no idea what they're doing, even though I thought this person had all this experience. I put my trust in somebody that doesn't know what they're doing, and they were leading me down a path of destruction. Now, why did I tell you this story? Because today's episode is how to plan with God. When we just plan in our own strength, we are going down a road that is very dangerous because we are just planning in our own self. We're just thinking, okay, well, I can do this and I'm just going to do whatever I need to do. I'm going to write my planner. I'm going to write my calendar. I'm going to lay out the plans that I think that I need to do. And when we do that, we don't have the tools and we don't have the know-how that God does to be able to direct our path. But the great thing is, is that all we have to do is invite God into the boat, but we need to kick out the thought of like the Jungle Jane thoughts of, here, I'm going to do this on my own. 
I know what to do and I'm just going to pretend like I know what I'm doing and that does not work. It's really important that we plan with God. And I learned this several years ago because in business, I was finding much success in the planning that I was doing, but I was not fulfilled. I was not fulfilling the plans that God had for me. So Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13 tells us that God knows the plans that he has for us to prosper us and not to harm us, to give us hope and a future. And our part is, is that we call on him, we come to him and pray, and he listens to us and we seek him with our heart and we're going to find those plans that he has for us. When we invite God in, that he has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. When I invited Jane into my boat, that was not the case. It was not about prospering me. It was not about not harming me. There was a lot of harm and there was a lot of not prospering. When we invite God into our planning time, so imagine that planning time is our boat. When we invite God into our planning time, and it's important that you set aside time each week to plan with God. When we do that, when we invite him in, that we prosper, that when harm comes, we can go around it. We have direction and we have the ability to be able to fulfill the plans that God has for our lives. So I'm going to give you four planning strategies with God. The first one is invite. It's really important that we invite God into the process. We ask God in. We let him know that we can't do this on our own, that we're not just going to plan of ourselves, but we're inviting him in. God, please come in, help me with this planning process. I cannot do this by myself. I decrease and you increase in this area of my life. I want to be able to plan effectively. I want to be able to remember birthdays. I want to be able to remember the important events in my life. I want to be able to love on my neighbors in a way that only you could be able to give me these amazing ideas to do and concepts to do. I want to be able to love on my family in a way that I plan out actionable love actions to be able to encourage the people in my life. I don't want to forget these things, and I know that you'll bring them to my remembrance. So invite God in to the plans that he has for you. God is so awesome because he doesn't want to just do things without you. He created you and designed you because he wants to partner with you. But God can't partner with us unless we invite him in. It's really important before you start writing in your planner, before you start planning out your week, you invite God in. Just ask him. It doesn't have to be a big, long thing. All you need to do is just ask him a simple prayer. God, please come into this planning process with me. I don't want to miss anything. I'm inviting you in. I realize I can't do it by myself. I want your involvement here. I want to hear your voice. Proverbs 1.5 is great. I want to hear your voice. I want to increase in learning. I want to be a person of understanding. Help me understand. Number two is allow. Once you invite God in, it's important that you allow him to be able to fill the plans that he has for you. Meaning this, that you 
allow him to interrupt what you think that you need to do this week. So you might have some ideas about, okay, I need to do this and I need to do this, but allow God to maneuver that. Now, God is not going to absolve you of all your responsibilities. He knows the things that you need to do. He knows that you need to maybe make money so that you can buy food for your family. He knows that you need to take out the trash and take care of the animals and take care of, you know, buying groceries and and all the things that your house needs. He knows the things in your business that need to be accomplished in order for you to be able to keep that job that you have. He knows all of these things. So he is not going to just interrupt your whole life and make it so that you're, you know, you're not able to do the things that you need to do. Remember, he wants to prosper you and not to harm you. So we got to trust God. Just like I, I put my trust in Jane, but she messed the whole thing up. And we do that sometimes. We'll put our trust in people and we'll put our trust in ourselves and we see the plans that they don't come to fruition. But then we can't do that with God. We've got to trust God. He's bigger than us. He's bigger than all that. He knows the plans that he has for us and he loves us and he wants to prosper us. So allow him. How do you do that? How do you allow him that as you write out your plan for the week, as you plug in dates and events and important things that need to get done in your planner and on your calendar and in your to-do list, as you go through the day, as you go through the week, if something comes up that God puts on your heart to do to interrupt those plans, then trust him that you need to follow that leading, then come back to the plan, right? And so let's say as an example, I've got to go to the grocery store. I've got to go to the bank to do something with banking. I've got to take my son to a a class and I've got to do all of these things. And then God puts on my heart, like go by the store and get something for somebody and drop it off at their house. Well, I'm thinking, well, I don't have time to do that. I've got to do this and I've got to do this and I've got to do this. I don't have time to go by the grocery store and get this something for this person. And do they really even need that, God? I mean, can I do that tomorrow? I can just do that tomorrow. Do you see how we can kind of work God out? Allow him to be able to interrupt your schedule and trust that he's going to pull you back and he's going to be able to make the rest of your schedule work even better because you obeyed him with what he has asked you to do. Number three, follow. So follow the plans that God has for you. When God puts a dream or an idea or something that you need to do on your heart, then follow that. Follow that throughout the whole piece. Make sure that you are following God and you are finishing what he's asked you to do. So that's really important. And you ask him through that process that, okay, if I need to go by and grocery store and grab this thing and take it to this person's house and drop it off, then go ahead and complete that project. So you've allowed him to interrupt your day, but now you need to follow him through that process and complete it. I call this now finish the work. And that's so important that we now finish the work. Second Corinthians 8 through 12 is a great scripture on that. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it will be matched by your completion of it. It's very important that we finish what we start. And so how we do that is we follow God through that process and we finish what we start and then trust him again that he's going to make the rest of our day go better because we obeyed and followed him. Number four, fulfill. 
when you invite God in, when you allow him to interrupt your days, when you follow him by finishing the work, you will be fulfilled. So I have a lot of people ask me, well, how do you fulfill the plans that God has for you? How do you know to fulfill the plans that God has for you? Well, when you invite God in, you allow him to interrupt your plans and your schedule and you follow him by finishing the work. That's when you start having a fulfilled life, not just being successful, not just planning. And then you plan out your week and say, okay, God, come with me. I just planned out my week. So this is what we're going to do. And then you you know, have him come along. No, the opposite is, is that you sit down with the Lord, you pray, you invite him in, you allow him to be able to work through the plans that y'all work together. And then you follow that out and finish the work. Then you are fulfilled. You are fulfilling the plans that God has for you. And don't think that, okay, it's just this big grandiose plan that I have to fulfill. Fulfill the daily plans that God has for you. But the only way that you're going to know those plans is by sitting down with him and actually what I call generate a plan with God at the beginning of your week. This is so powerful. This is one of the biggest powerful truths that I have learned in my life. And it's my number one productivity tip is to meet with yourself at the beginning of every week and generate a plan. I do not plan. I generate a plan. What's the difference? The word generate means to bring from existence. Bringing from existence means that you are bringing out the plans that God already has for you, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 12. You're actually walking out that scripture when you sit down at the beginning of your week and you invite God in, you allow him to interrupt your plans, you follow those plans throughout the week, and then you are fulfilled. I want to be able to help you do that. And I created my guide and checklist on how to meet with yourself with God called Review Preview. And I'm going to tell you about it right now. Christian life, if you're anything like me, you want to fulfill God's plans that he has for you. And I want to be able to help you with my number one productivity tip. It's called Review Preview. And I created a whole guide around this. I call it the Review Preview Meet With Yourself Guide to Fulfill God's Plans for Your Life. This productivity guide gives you a three-step approach on how to meet with yourself every single week so you can create what I call enjoyable productivity in your life. So go to my website at BeEncouragedToday.com. That's BeEncouragedToday.com to download my guide, which includes a three-step checklist and an inspirational scripture list. And get ready to be encouraged today. I am so honored to have shared with you today. You are not alone. Please do not forget that. I believe in you and the plans God has for you. Let's learn how to have enjoyable productivity so that we can all be inspired, be productive, be fulfilled, be encouraged today.